Welcome, introduction. We're going to be starting a brand new book. This is by my wife's request. It's uh, Maurice Berquist. When we got together, you know, when we're brand new couples, we're all excited. I was telling her about this book called This Lady Went Around and This Man Went Around Blessing Things, and they did all kinds of studies. And this is an old book, and it was incredible entertainment for us. You know, we saw the power of, of blessing things and the miracle come to pass in our lives. This book is by Maurice Berquist, Berquist, B-E-R-Q-U-I-S-T. And it was, the family had allowed another family to put it in and, and print it on the internet. Okay, let me read the foreword. It says, we are very thankful for the generosity of Dr. Berquist's family in allowing us to share this life-changing book on the two listeners' Christian classic pages. That's twolisteners.org, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have loved this book for years. Has given us many. We have given many copies to friends and dis- disciples searching for a closer walk with the Lord. We encourage you to take a simple message here and experiment with this concept to prove its truth in your own walk. Our own experiences with Dr. Berquist's ideas have brought blessings and miracles into our lives and those around us. It is with great joy and anticipation that we share this book. Blessings to you and yours this day and always. The Two Listeners Team. Amen. And that's two listeners, twolisteners.org, correct? Okay, uh, and me and, and, and uh, my wife, Anna, we also send this to you so that we will be blessed at the same time as we read it and you listen to it. The Miracle and Power of Blessing, Chapter 1. The preface, excuse me, the preface. Blessings, blessing walked into my life wearing a large, almost overpowering flower hat. I will never forget the day. While I was a student at college, I was invited to speak to a large international convention. This address was not to be the main one of the evening. It was to be a short introductory talk preceding the main address by veteran missionary statement E. Stanley Jones. Many years have passed since that time when I stood trembling before the packed auditorium. I cannot remember one thing that I said, nor can I remember anything that E. Stanley Jones said. I only know that when the speaking was finished, the people crowd around Dr. Jones like a swarm of bees. They wanted his autograph, wanted to shake his hand with him or ask him a question. I walked off the stage feeling as insignificant as ever have in my whole life. No one had come to talk to me or commented on my brief talk. No one, almost no one. One little old lady wearing an outrageously flowered hat came to shake my hand. She smiled. Bless you, my son, she said. You gave a wonderful talk. I pray that God will bless your life and make you a blessing to everyone as long as you live. You were a blessing to me today. Bless you, oh, bless you. Then the enormous hat with the little lady under it disappeared in the crowd. The memory of her smile stayed with me. Later in the evening, I met some of my college friends. They were curious to know how it felt to share the platform with a world-famous personality. 
It's a little like crawling out from under a Plymouth rock and finding someone standing on top of it, I explained. <laughs> but one thing happened that made me feel better. A little old lady in a, in a flowered hat, she came up to me and said, <clears throat> Bless you, young man. Then she heaped a few more blessings on me and walked away. I never did hear her name. Oh, that has to be Mother Perry, someone said. She goes around blessing all kinds of things. One of her favorite expressions is, bless the Lord. In the months and the years that follow, I learned to appreciate the attitude of this remarkable lady. Though many severe trials come to her, she managed to bless the Lord through all of them. She discovered a strange, almost mystical power over the things that usually defeat and frustrate people. Without explaining how she did it, she managed to put a key in my hands that unlocked many doors. She made me think about the strange power of blessing. She encouraged me to share it with other people. Even after these years, I am not exactly sure why it works. I am fully persuaded that it works and it works for everyone. This book has been born out of that desire to share the good news. Bless you as you read it. Introduction. She was wonderful. Her name was Sally Erickson, and she was really wonderful, but I could not tell her. Her mind was close against the whole idea. Her dull gray eyes shifted listlessly like hungry sparrows looking for food on a concrete pavement. There was no way I could look into those sad eyes and say, you are really wonderful. It's a little like a group of blindfold men in Alibaba's cave. They run their fingers through piles of rubies and diamonds and imagine that they are pebbles. So they walk out empty-handed, poor as when they entered. Did I jump a page? Yes. If beauty was hidden in that heavily lined face, I could not see it nor could she. She Had she looked in a mirror to find some trace of hope, some trace of beauty, her mocking image would have plunged her into a dis- deeper despair. You have seen people like her, slopping shoulders, shuffling feet, furtival, dart- darting eyes. All these make up the picture of someone who has the ability to live with joy, but has lost the will to search for it. Shortly after meeting her, I learned that she had reasons to be discouraged. Ravaged by sickness, plagued but with family problems, her mind was leaving her. Since the normal way of solving problems was not working for her, she was building a world of fantasy, a world in which she could see, feel comfortable. It was a world of insanity. The doctor had studied it and his verdict was simple. Frightened but simple. Next Thursday, ma'am, we will send you to Tuscaloosa. Maybe they can get that mind of yours strained out. The doctor had sincerely tried to help, but he could not. His verdict was another act of despair. How then could I think that this bundle of human misery was wonderful? It is easy to see why I could not say, you are wonderful. To try would be mockery, mockery of the cruelest kind. How did I meet her? Why do I think she is wonderful? And even more interesting question is to ask, 
why she herself believes that life is wonderful and that she as a part of its wonderful and that she as a part of it is wonderful. Something came into her thoughts, almost like some kind of reverse thief who left presents instead of taking them. This secretive intruder put a key in her hands that unlocked a whole new world, a world of the real physical health and real mental health. What kind of key? Where is that key? Can anyone find a key like that that will let us walk into a room full of magic mirrors that will reflect new images of ourselves? Can it be true that these exciting images of that person we would like to become are not magic? They are fantasy. They are fact. There is a key. It's called blessing. What a short word that is. A few years ago, that would have slipped in and out of my mind without causing so much of, as a faint stir. It was a good gray word, a low-voltage word, like a well-worn overcoat. It was too good to throw away, but no longer stylish or really useful. Now it is different. It is short-fused to an explosive world. It has become the key to thousands of miracles that I now I know about. The word blessing came to became the key to turn in the rusty lock of Sally's life. No one could have been more surprised than she when she saw the hidden within her as a world of help and healing, a world of wonder, a wonderful world. As I write this, I must tell you that there is a wonderful world waiting for you. Bless you. You really are wonderful. Of course, you have always felt that there must be some sort of secret that some people discover, and you have wondered why you haven't found it. It's a little like a group of blindfold men in Alibaba's cave. They run their fingers through piles of rubies and diamonds and imagine that they are pebbles, so they walk out empty-handed, poor as when they enter. Can I bring my neighbor to your lecture tomorrow morning? The soft southern crawl of the charming Alabama woman was so beguiling that I almost told her that if I would be, it would be all right if she wanted to bring a saber-toothed tiger to the magnolia-lined streets of Huntsville. Of course you may bring her. Why do you ask? Well, she may disturb you. She is not your ordinary housewife looking for a place to drink her second cup of coffee. She has problems. Haven't we all, I answered. Not like her, she replied. Physically, she is a wreck, a basket case. But worse than that, she is under treatment for a mental illness. Next week, she is scheduled to be sent to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, I asked. She replied, that is the state mental hospital. If she is that sick, I suggest, she probably needs some of the things we are talking about. After all, the church is not a display case for perfect people, but a hospital for sick ones. What if she disturbs the meeting, asked the woman. Let's take that chance, I said. During the lecture the next day, I was not sure I had made the right response. The troubled woman was there, so were her troubles. Although I had not been introduced to her, it was not difficult to recognize her. She found a seat. It did not seem to satisfy her. She found another. 
through the hours she was up and down, in and out. It was as though she was being pursued by an enemy that none of us could see. Frankly, it irritated me. I didn't. It didn't anger me. It just irritated me. But in a sense, I welcome irritation. Irritation keeps you alert. It keeps you from sell, settling down too long in one spot. For a speaker, it forces him or her to find new approaches, new insights. Who knows? If people get enough sand in their shell, they may be like the oyster, make a pearl. Without the challenge of irritation, it is possible to answer questions eloquently that no one is asking, to invent cures for diseases that no one has. At the close of the lecture, I was introduced to the visitor. It's nice to meet you, Sally, I said. Sally, my soft-voiced friend said, this is Dr. Burquist. Dr. Burquist, I am a sick woman, really sick, the woman responded. Would you like to have me pray for you, I suggested. Why not, she said. We walked together to a small room adjoining the auditorium. We walked slowly because I was trying to think of some way I could help. Silently, I prayed for guidance. The medical and psychiatric doctors were not the only ones frustrated by her problem. I was frustrated too. I asked Sally to be seated in the chair across from me. Now, I am going to pray for you, I said. Then, I want you to pray. I don't know how to pray, she replied. Don't worry about that, I said reassuringly. I will pray first, and then I will tell you how to pray. With that introduction, I bowed my head, closed my eyes, and began to repeat slowly the words of an ancient Hebrew song. I heard myself softly saying the words from the storehouse of songs forged from the flinty hills of trouble. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crown thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that the youth is renewed like the eagles. A strange quietness filled the little room. I felt impressed to repeat the ancient poem that is recorded in the Old Testament of the Bible by the musician King David in Psalm 103, 1 through 5. I repeated these words more softly. It was almost as though they were being written on the walls of my mind by some mystic hand. The stillness in the room seemed even deeper and more intense. Now I want you to repeat these words with me, I said. Phrase by phrase we spoke the words of this 3,000-year-old song. Some of the words were spoken falteringly as Sally struggled to form them but they were spoken, and we did it all together. I cannot forget the moment two people, literally strangers, said words together, words that linked them for a moment to infinity. Phrase by phrase, Sally hesitated, hesitating voice joined in mine. Bless the Lord, bless his holy name, who forgive it, who heal it all thy diseases. Who redeem it, who crown it, who satisfy it, who renew it, 
The words were spoken timidly, almost fearfully, but they were spoken. During this time, my eyes were closed. When I opened them, I looked on a changed face, a surprised face, an almost jubilant face. Then, Ashim's look of despair was gone. Sally was changed. The smile on her face was one of astonishment rather than gratitude. I feel different, she said joyfully. Something happened to me. Tell me about it, I said. I can't tell you because I don't know what happened, she replied. I simply felt something go through me like electricity and I feel well. I am not sick anymore. I believe the Lord has healed you, I told her. I can't understand it, but I feel like a different person, she said. It was true. Something almost unbelievable had happened. The woman was healed. She was not hospitalized. She did not need to be. Both the desperate mental illness and the physical sickness were gone. Of course, I was delighted, but I was almost astonished at Sally. As soon as I said goodbye and God bless you, I found a place where I could think about what had happened. What did I do? What did God do? More important, why did God do what he did when I did what I did? If I could answer these questions, I might make one of the most important discoveries of my life. As a matter of fact, I could hardly call it a discovery. I wasn't looking for anything. I had simply stumbled over a new idea. Somewhere in the back of my mind is a quotation. Occasionally, he stumbled across a new truth, but he always picked himself up and hurried on as though nothing had happened. I didn't want to be like that. Something had happened, but what? A heap of encrusted ideas about prayer were shattered. Isn't prayer asking for things I hadn't asked? Isn't prayer an energetic recounting of our problems in the presence of the Almighty? I had not told about the agonizing needs that paralyzed Sally's life. Much as I believe in it, I had not anointed with oil, as the New Testament writer James commands, yet healing had come. To those who believe, no explanation is necessary. To those who do not believe, no explanation is possible. But I wanted an explanation. Is there some kind of magic in repeating the words of this particular ancient song? Had I stumbled across something new, I could hurry on as though nothing had happened. It had happened. My mind bristled with questions. No answers, just questions. That's the end of the uh, preface. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be reading uh, chapter one of the Miracle of Blessings. Let's pray before we start. I'm going to have Anna, my wife, read it to us, the first chapter. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we are doing your will. We believe that we are obedient, Lord God, and to listening to the Holy Spirit. And we surrender, Lord, our ways, Lord, our thoughts and egos and and whatever adventure we're doing in our heads, Lord. We calm ourselves down to listen to you and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling the church. 
Lord, bless my wife and bless her vocal cords. Holy Spirit, speak through her and make the words come alive. We give this project over to you, Lord God, as it says in Proverbs, that it may have success and you will bless us. So we bless it. The blessings of the Lord be upon her, upon the listeners and the words. In Jesus' mighty name, we bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, babe. Um, Chapter 1, it's called, It Is Not Magic After All. And we'll continue where we left off yesterday. It says, Somewhere in my brain, I have a little garden spot where I plant ideas. These ideas, like seeds, lie there for a while, and then when things are just right, they begin to sprout and grow. Sometimes they grow into worthless weeds, and I throw them out. Sometimes they grow into jack-in-the-box, um, jack-in-the-beanstalk, jack-in-the-box. <laughs> okay, keep chuckle. Going, keep going, keep going. Um, sometimes they grow into jack in the beanstalk plants, biggest trees. They threaten to crowd everything else out of my mind. And sometimes they grow into beautiful concepts that seem to have no useful function. They simply make me feel good. The seed of blessing was more like an acorn than a radish seed. When it dropped into my think garden, it became a giant tree. It would not be ignored. When did I first hear the word blessing? I believe I heard it when I was a small child in Kansas. My parents taught us to repeat a prayer that became our routine table grace. God, good God, vesin maten, I, Jesus, nam. Amen. The words vesin maten simply mean bless the food. I must have hurried through that prayer a thousand times as I waited impatiently to eat. The idea of blessing had other roots. Sometimes when people sneeze, somebody else said gesundheit. At first I thought that word just sounded a lot like a sneeze and so it was kind of fighting back. Later I learned the reason for the gesundheit is a German word meaning good health. The the origin of the custom is in the idea that sneezing is a way of expelling the bad spirits out of the body. So naturally, it was proper to wish that person good health. Then, of course, there was the shelf full of self-help books I had read. Each book in its own way seemed to say that there's a positive force in the world, a helping, healing power, if anyone could tune into it. He or she could succeed. It wasn't really a matter of self-help, but a matter of tuning in to a power outside one's self. As these seeds, which I have named the magic of blessing, grew in my stubborn soil of my Swedish mind, they were fed by by a thousand memories. I remembered the good luck signs in China. I remember the hexes and voodoo charms of primitive people, I remember the mountain of blessing and cursing in Israel. Could it be that the blessing is one of the hidden forces of the universe? Like gravitation, it is a universal law. Of course, gravitation has been working a long time before Sir Isaac Newton saw an apple fall from a tree. He simply put into words what had always been true. 
Could an apple fall for me? And could I be able to put the idea into words that would let people believe? It was a terrifying thought, tantalizing but terrifying. What if I merely made people believe that there was either good or bad forces in the world that are beyond our control? Or even worse, what if these powerful forces were left to the whim of a moody creator? What if the magic of blessing was understood to be black magic or sinister force, a sinister force? If anything like these things, if anything like these things were true, I should remain silent. Of course, the other possibility is that God doesn't intend for us to learn the secret of the universe. Could it be as Buckminster Fuller says, the universe is a lock safe with a combination on the inside. That would explain Mother Perry and her 13 children. It wouldn't explain the 330 pound lady who discovered the way to bless herself into a size 12 dress. Or it wouldn't explain Don and Maxine McCall who managed to change a cranky fellow teacher into an absolute charmer. And what about Nancy and her wonderful pumpkin and Ray and his poinsettia? If this is not a workable idea, these people are going to find some kind of explanation. Their stories will follow later, but first let me tell you how the nagging scientific side of my brain was satisfied. I discovered the parallel principle. Amen. And so that's chapter one. That concludes chapter one. Is there anything that stood out? here for you or that uh, that a blessing has uh, roots that can yes. go into a tree and get you keep blessing it yes. for as long as it takes for us to get a harvest and so you stay at it you stay at the project sometimes it might take nine months to get a fruit out of it but you consistently bless something and especially when it doesn't seem to be changing you stay at it because yes. uh, your obedience is is breaking the code your obedience is breaking the 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 resistance on it you know we bless a stubborn child a project a neighbor yes. especially a neighbor that if we harbored any any uh hate against anybody just start blessing them yes. for the next 30 days amen and then that will be our because we can't move bef until we take care of that uh we will fulfill the law if we bless others amen. i mean that is the everything is on there. We will we will satisfy the Father in heaven, satisfy the earth and its riches, and they will know that we the heirs of this earth, and we and life will become rhythm, it will become easy, and uh, and we will do it God's way. If you get a chance, read Psalm uh, one forty nine, and start praising God to to and blessing your enemies, and this is the way to victory, guys. We got it made in the shade. Thank you, Anna, for reading. Yes, and I'd like to add one more thing. Uh, is that um, when you when someone blesses you, say you're in the grocery store and you're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, you know, they're very. It's a very pleasant conversation or whatever, or a friend or a family member, and they say, they say, God bless you with excitement, right? Mm -hmm. And so your job is to receive it. I receive that blessing. Uh, thank thank you. you very much. Okay, so it's one thing to have it spoken, but receiving it is uh, something we need to do more of. 
you know, when somebody is trying to bless you, or even if you're walking by the TV and you're listening to a sermon and the, the pastor or the preacher is speaking a blessing over you, blessing your week, you know, um, there's a very famous blessing um, uh, in Deuteronomy 28, and there's also one in, and I think the book of Numbers, um, you know, the Lord bless you with the blessings of Abraham. Um, when you hear those words, um, stop and acknowledge that blessing is being spoken over you and receive it by faith. And um, so, you know, if the, the pa- I know Pastor Prince, usually at the end of his sermons, um, he usually teaches a, ser- a series and then at the end he will pray for his congregation and he will tell, you know, the Lord bless them um, this week, keep any contagions against, uh, away from them, bless their family members, bless their success and all that. I always receive that. I open my hands up and say, I receive it. Amen. So, um, you know, just take a few minutes to acknowledge that being spoken over you. And like Fernando said, those things will take root and you will begin to see blessing after blessing, uh, come your way. Um, so anyways, that's my two cents for the day. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed today's segment. God bless you. And remember, if no one told you, uh, that they love you, tough luck. No. <laughs> I love you. Do you love the people? I love the people. I love you. God bless you. God, God bless you. God bless the people listening to this. <laughs>